0: Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's Sermon Podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. I've learned my lesson to take my mask off, make sure my mic is on, and do all that while I'm seated as opposed to... Standing up here and everyone painfully watching me do it up here. So today is advent of peace. If you were going to paint a picture of peace, what would it look like to you? Once upon a time, there was a contest announced. The committee wanted to see who would paint the best picture depicting peace, and opened it up across the globe to artists. Many great painters submitted several of their best artworks. One was a picture of an empty beach with a single lounger with waves. Another was a fireplace in a cozy library with a large inviting chair. Another one was fresh, undisturbed snow blanketing a town. One of the pictures that was submitted was of a calm lake, perfectly mirroring, peacefully towering, snow-capped mountains. Overhead was a clear blue sky with fluffy clouds. The picture was perfect. And most people that went through the gallery looking at the submissions thought that was the best one. That is peace right there. But when the committee announced the winner, everyone was shocked and a little confused. The picture that won the, the prize had mountains too, but they were rugged and bare and foreboding. The sky looked very angry. There were lightning and dark clouds. This did not look peaceful at all. It looked like maybe the artist had misunderstood and submitted his piece depicting storm and chaos instead of peace. But if anyone looked closely at the picture, they could see a tiny bush growing in the cracks of a rock. In that bush, A mother bird had built her nest and there she sat. In the midst of the angry weather and unwelcoming mountains, the bird sat on her nest with peace. While an aspect of peace may be surrounding in what's going on, peace isn't strictly calm surrounding and peace is deeper than simply the absence of chaotic environmental factors just like that little bird on her nest, we can have peace in a place that seems to be the exact opposite of peace. As I said already, today is the second Sunday of Advent and we are celebrating the advent of peace, the coming of peace. What is this peace? Actually, we need to first start maybe not what it is, but where it comes from. Isaiah nine. 6, where he prophesies the coming of the Messiah. He says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Jesus, the Messiah, is the Prince of Peace. We can celebrate the coming of peace because we celebrate the coming of Jesus. He is peace. We also see this again in 1 Corinthians 14.33 when Paul is talking about instructions for the church and, and the expression of spiritual gifts within a church gathering. But he says this, he says, For God is not a God of confusion and disorder, but of peace and order. Peace originates with God. In this word peace, I think our English language kind of falls a little short. You know, we use the word, word peace and it kind of is a little shallow. When we look at what, it, what the word they use for that's translated peace in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, and that's shalom, and it's much more than just an absence of chaos. It means safe wholeness, wellness, favor, no hostility, prosperity. And even the word that is used in the New Testament that was written in Greek is irene. And that means unity and accord with God and others. And so when we look at these two definitions together— safe, wholeness, wellness, favor, no hostility, prosperity, unity and accord with God and others— It shows that this isn't just an absence of outer pressure, nor does it mean that environment and relationships are all at rest. Our lives don't need to look like those, those submissions to that contest that didn't win. Our lives can look like that unyielding, stormy mountain, and we can be like that bird. At peace, tucked away. This peace seems to in indicate an inner groundedness a settledness rooted in the person of Jesus and his promises not our surroundings how do we experience this peace for ourselves well simply put it's freely given psalm 29:11 says the lord will give unyielding and impenetrable strength to his people the lord will bless his people with peace. It's given to us. The fruit of the Spirit also, one of the fruit of the Spirit is, is peace. Galatians 5, to 23 says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And what we see right there, it says the Holy Spirit produces produces. It doesn't say we produce. It doesn't say you got to work hard to get this. The Holy Spirit produces. It's not for us to conjure up. In John 14, 27, Jesus talks about this, how, how peace is freely given. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Are you troubled or afraid today? Maybe in general or maybe just in really specific things. Jesus has the gift of peace, and all you have to do is receive it. And here's the thing. When someone's handing us a gift, we, we get to decide whether we'll take the gift But if our hands are so full of other things, there's no space. And so maybe right now, as you're you're hearing me, you realize maybe instead of the gift of peace you're holding, you're holding strife, fear, anxiety, worry, resentment. We need to let those things go. Release them to Jesus. Say, I don't want these. I want your gift of peace. So the peace of Jesus is a gift freely given, and we can use it, cultivate it, grow in it, or we can kind of treat it like that random gift, say, your grandma or grandpa gives you. That's kind of really random, and so you say thank you, and then you kind of tuck it away and never look at it again. You get a choice. Are you going to cultivate it? Are you going to use it? Or are you going to say, oh, thank you, this is so nice, and put it away? But if you decide, man, I want to cultivate this, I, I want to grow in this, how do I do this? Well, Philippians 4 6 to 7 tells us, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. As I look at this passage, there's a few things that I think are important to point out. The first one, tell God what you need. This is honest communication with what's going on. This is in our worry and anxiety and turmoil is turning to him and being honest about what we need and where we're at. And practice gratitude. Seems to be ways to cultivate the the increased growth of his peace in our lives. Here's the thing. I don't think peace, his peace, is, is a fake it until you make it sort of situation. I don't I'm pretty sure, actually, Jesus isn't asking us to pretend we're at peace when inside we are not. He wants us to come to him in honesty, turn to him in all the chaos. And it can look as simply like, oops, um, can look simply like, Jesus, I'm worried about this situation at work. Every time I'm here, it's, it's, I just don't know what to do. I need your wisdom and strategies. I need your peace to show up how you want me to show up. Thank you that you are with me, you never leave me. Thank you for all the times you have given me strategies when I've needed them before. That's it, that's what it can look like. Can I just have your mic? I thought we were going to make it through, but I guess we won't. So, we don't fake it until we make it with peace. We turn to Jesus and say, this is where I'm at, and I need to experience your peace right now. But our our interaction, our experience with the peace of Jesus just doesn't stop actually at encountering it for ourselves. There's there's another component to this peace of Jesus. We have a call to embody the peace of Jesus and bring it to the world. Matthew five five nine, which is in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called children of God. Work for peace. And peace, this is the the Irene that I talked about. The unity and accord between God and others. We have a call to work for peace in all our relationships. We also are called to be peacemakers. James 3:18 And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. We're not called to be peacekeepers, which which ends up us not talking about things that need to be talked about, glossing over things. But we are called to be peacemakers and plant seeds of peace wherever we go. We are carriers of the peace of Jesus. And there's two aspects to that. One is in our attitude. We can't give, carry, spread what we actually don't carry ourselves. So that first relates to the first one. We can't show up spreading the peace of Jesus if we actually haven't encountered it for ourselves and cultivated it. If we show up in situations with an attitude of hostility, strife, discord, We can't be carriers of the peace of Jesus. And we have to move away from maybe some cheap, shallow views of peace. Sometimes we can think of peace as that means there's just no tension in relationships, no dilemmas, no conflict. Then that means peace. I mean, what we're basically saying there is we're not going to be around people, which doesn't work. Peace is not simply—peace doesn't mean there's no conflict. Peace doesn't mean you don't show up and have interactions and conversations with people with differing opinions. It does mean you show up with no strife, hostility, or discord. But not only do our attitudes matter when we're carrying the peace of Jesus, our actions actually matter too. In the Old Testament, uh, people— there was a individuals called the messengers of peace. And these were the ones that were responsible for procuring peace treaties that brought an end to warfare. How can we lay hold of peace treaties to end warfare and fighting among our families, in our businesses, in our circles and in the body of Christ? Peace seems to be a crucial aspect in the unity of the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, therefore I, a prisoner of serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Binding yourself together with peace. And so these things look like something. To be humble and gentle. Peace, be patient, making allowance. They look like something. There is actions behind it. Romans 12, 18 makes this really clear that actions matter when we carry peace. Romans 12, 18 says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone do indicates action. It doesn't say think all you can to be at peace with everyone or feel all you can to be at peace with everyone. Do all you can to be at peace with everyone. This makes it very clear that the embodiment of peace, the carrying of peace to the world, actually requires our actions. And these actions aren't just an absence of hostilities, strife, and discord, but then actually showing up and expressing love, loyalty, and care. As we show up as messengers of peace, procuring those peace treaties in our attitudes and actions, we are sowing those seeds of peace that can grow in our homes in our community, in our church. In a world full of chaos, strife, fear, and aggression, peace is possible because the Prince of Peace, Jesus, has come and given us peace. And not only can we experience this peace for ourselves, but we have a beautiful invitation to show up as peacemakers, messengers of peace to actively engage in love, unity and care. and when we show up like that with our attitudes and actions aligned to peace, things change situation shifts you find you you're in these Encounters that you're, you maybe were a little unsure how the person would react. But as you show up in peace, other people's chaos settles. Other people's hostility settles. We have a beautiful invitation to bring the peace of Jesus wherever we go. Do you want to come up, Dave? So, where do you need to experience the peace of Jesus today? What area of your life, when you think about it, your internal sense is not peaceful? Tell him right now. And receive his gift. In Jesus' name, may right now the peace of Jesus come and land in the places where peace is needed. Secondly, how are you releasing the peace of Jesus? Where is Jesus inviting you to show up without strife, hostility, commotion? But where is He inviting you to show up with love, loyalty, care, and unity? Jesus, would you teach us how to walk in your peace and release it to the world? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.